Hi and welcome to another episode of Wine and Wisdom. I'm Thomas Lehuang and you're listening to the TL podcast where knowledge is shared and no one takes themselves too seriously. How are you guys? Thanks, Anna. How are you doing? We are live, right? Yes, it says we live in the corner. We are. <laughs> we are live. So uh, let's start uh, with the wine. Cam, what have you got? Cam's uh, usually. I winning. have. Hey. You're usually whining about something. Usually whining. <laughs> uh, all day, I've just prepared myself to not. All right, so. <laughs> I put some effort in this week, or at least I thought I did until I did the What is that? It's a 2018 Shiraz uh, from the Leeuwen Estate. Art series. Uh, on the Art Series range, which you can never really go wrong. Um, mm. I found an Art Series Chardonnay today for $207. This isn't it. This is a, <laughs> the Shiraz. Now, I think I've been uh, hindered because so many people have drank it and rated it that my uh, rating on Vivino is probably not where it should. But um, I can't wait to try it. I thought it was probably red weather and uh, I'm feeling a bit under the weather, so I'm hoping a couple of reds sort of fixes it up for me. But nice. um, never go wrong, never had a bad one from this estate, never had a bad one from the art series and we usually got a pretty funky label. So get amongst it. Nice. Uh, Margaret River, guys. Margaret River, too. Can't go wrong. Oh, so what is it? It's a $60, $70 bill? No, nah, 40 bucks. I got a four. Oh, wow. Well wow, done. that's good. That's good. 40 bucks. What year? Uh, 2018. Yeah, so it's Margaret River, right? Lewin Estate? Margaret River, yeah. So it was one of the first five. It was one of the was five founding wineries in Margaret River and uh, Lewin. I don't know how you pronounce it. But... Leeuwen uh, Estate was one of the first five. Um, The art series, they say, is dedicated to the art of making wine, but also uh, the culture of the region and the culture of the country. Usually it's some sort of Indigenous art on their um, labels. Yeah. Uh, I don't, obviously, anyone who watches more than once knows that I'm not really a red drinker, but um, if you're going to do it, do it the right way. So we'll see how we go. Very good. I'm sure it's going to be nice. Nice. Um, well, I'll go next. Um, I'm pretty sure we've had Petaluma before, haven't we? I'm not sure if we've had yeah. this year. So it's a Shiraz 2017 um, from the Adelaide Hills. So We've only had the Chardonnay Lou, so you did all right. Oh, okay, good. But I know it's a, I know it's a good <laughs> wine, but um, I've had it sitting here open, ready to go. But um, I got this on special as well. I think it was 30 bucks or something. So, um, yeah, hopefully. Hopefully it's a good one, but I'm sure it will be every other type is. So that's me. What do you got, Chris? Awesome. I've got a, a Gruno Velletno, which is a, a wow. wine that's very similar to a Sauv Blanc. Um, it should have a bit of acid with a maybe a bit of a honey finish. This is a grown in Canberra. Uh, the actual wine, the grape originated from the foothills of the Alps in Austria. And it's actually that part of Austria now belongs to Italy. Um, the grape started like in the 1600s or something. 
And the flavour depends on when they pick the grape. Obviously, most of that grapes do, but this is very dependent on the grape. The older the grape, you get a lot more uh, of, um, a sweetness in the wine. When it's early, you get a lot more acid. So 2017, and it was a bargain because it was the last bottle in the shop. And they had it reduced. So it was, a, I think, almost $60 bottle down to about just over 20 bucks. So wow. it should be pretty high. Wow. So if it was grown in Canberra, does that mean you have to keep paying for it long after you've drank it? I made a mistake, but it's not a mistake. <laughs> I'll, uh, I received this beautiful bottle here from uh, Reese in my office. And um, same guy who gave me the horrible bottle of scotch that I couldn't drink a cup. Yeah, that's, that's mainly because he spent everything on this bottle for me. So I. <laughs> This bottle here, this company, this house Mount has actually been named the red wine of the year in 2023 holidays book. And the one he's given me is 2004. That would be no. something like close to $200 or whatever, if you can find it. And I only did a research on it after I opened it and I should never have opened it because, uh, I probably should have waited, but you know what? I thought we might as well enjoy it since I've got now the uh, the house that's been called the right one of the year for next year. Mm. All right, so mainly Cabernet Sauvignon and a, a bit of a blend with Merlot, and um, so it should be nice. So what he's telling nice. his people is that on a show with a $100 budget, he's drinking a $200 wine. No, I know. I, I got a gift. A gift? Um, I, yeah, it's a gift. So mainly zero. Yes. The ace of spades. That look at that. That is good. So you shouldn't have opened it because of what it's worth, Thomas. Or yeah, I think it, it's uh, probably would have been nice with food. And oh God, that is unbelievable. All right. So this, what's news? Oh, passing of a legend. I know. Miss Olivia Newton-John's left us. What an amazing, an amazing woman. Forget this on-screen stuff that she did. All the off-screen work with so many causes. Yeah. Especially, especially finding cancer and stem cell, stem cell research and all that sort of stuff. An amazing woman. Absolutely amazing. Beautiful human, yeah. So sad. It's, it's did you guys see it in, like almost every TV show, almost all yeah. the um, current affair shows, they all had an homage to her and all that sort of stuff. Although it was fantastic. Mm -hmm. Um, and mm. she battled cancer for over 30 years before she finally succumbed. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's so sad. And, you know, like you often see the celebrities and stuff talking about other celebrities that have passed and stuff. But I think it was, well, maybe the Today Show or something I seen when Richard Wilkins was on there. He was completely shattered, you know, and I knew that he knew her. I think he was actually married into the family or something at some stage. But, um just pure grief like and she just touched so many lives just what a beautiful human yep very sad day in australia unfortunately well, i suppose we've all got our used by date haven't we so sure do. yeah well i thought you guys had stolen mine when you said passing of a legend but i got knocked off my feet earlier because paul green the uh this won't mean much to you guys but the guy who coached the queensland origin team last year and won the comp for the first ever competition for the Cowboys that they they won as a coach and played for 
Cronulla and Parramatta and the Sydney Roosters and a bunch of other teams died today. He's 49. Oh, what? Yeah. And, uh, they, they haven't said yet. And, uh, wow. I'm, morbidly, but not, I'm really hoping it's natural causes because he's had a tough couple of years. He, he got sacked by the Cowboys and he's been sacked as a Queensland coach for Wayne Bennett. And um, he's had a tough couple of years, but they, every time someone gets sacked, they talk about him being the next coach of the Tigers or the Bulldogs or all the stuff that's going on. And he's um, 49 years old. It's been a wretched 12 months or so for people around 50 dropping dead. Hasn't it? What? It's people so in the public spotlight. I mean, it happens every day, so let's not pretend it's not. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure there's there's thousands of other families out there who lost someone in their family today. But um, mm-hmm. always, for whatever reason, when they're in the public sphere, mm-hmm. uh, seems to make you sit up and take a bit more notice. So, mm-hmm. um, sad day for rugby league, which is obviously my sport. And, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know. Go on, Lou. No, no, you go. You go. I was going to change the subject a bit. Just the other thing on, I found it a little bit disappointing, you know, maybe I'm a little bit naive when it comes to sort of world politics and so forth and how people really do manipulate to their own agenda is this um, this issue with China and Taiwan. Um, and it all started over one certain lady going to visit Taiwan because she's been backing their... Uh, democratic right against China and all this sort of stuff. Name's Nancy Pelosi. Um, I didn't realise, I'm going, why are they kicking up such a big stink? Uh, And and I read into it, but then I read further and apparently she's running, trying to be the leader of the Democrats and her polling's low. So what's the first thing apparently the Americans do when they're polling low? Is hate hate China. So out of her own agenda to get her polling better within, within America, She's putting people basically almost at the footstep of a of a, of a wall. Mm, 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 yeah. Oh, I don't know if you guys have seen that, I, but I seen it. I didn't read too much into it, but yeah, it yeah. But people who use their own agenda like that, and I suppose people do it. She's, in she's had walks a life. She's had a fingerprint. She's had a. It's not just China and Taiwan, mate. Over the last couple of years, especially. Trump administration and all the stuff going on. Nancy Pelosi's had her fingerprints over most of it, mate. So um, she's a very, what should be a very polarizing figure. She wouldn't, mate, over here, she'd be lynched already, probably. So, mm-hmm. um, well, I used to think that, but we've probably lost our way a little bit on that sort of thing. But um, yeah, she's. It should be a bit like uh, the One Nation sort of party. No, no, it's just it disappears, and we're gonna. I'm talking about stuff I know nothing about, so I'll stop. But it appears that the like we have corruption over here, but it appears that the politics over there is so corrupt and so driven by personal agenda that I don't think the country stands a chance. To be honest, I don't think there's a hope in hell because even when people come in with the best of intentions, uh, a la Barack Obama, the minute they're in there, they get either corrupted or forced into maybe, you know, committing the corruption but driven by it. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Like I said, I know nothing about it, so don't come after me, you pricks. But And uh, and our mate Donald had his house raided by the FBI as well, apparently <laughs> having documents that he shouldn't have left the White House. Oh, my God, seriously? He's trying to... 
I'm going to get my son on here one day. Jack Jack for three hours the other night. He does the perfect Donald Trump impersonation. He could answer all your questions related to Wilson. You see anything, TL? Sorry? You see anything? No, I think that you guys covered pretty well. I, I think um, the death of New, uh, Oliver Newton-John and Green, uh, it's probably now really a good reminder that we really need to enjoy people while they're alive, not be in sorrow when they're gone. You know, I think uh, if, if you really do some research and saw that um, Olivia was actually quite peaceful when she left, she had made, she, she had realized that, hey, it's not a third time. I, I, I've done a lot of stuff for, for a short life. Mm. And, and I think that um, that's what we need to look at. Uh, are we spending time with our fathers, our mothers while they're around? I mean, people who are important, are we doing things that are important with people who are around? Mm. Or are we gonna sit there and go, you know? But because personally, I don't think that she's really going to be bothered whether it's a state funeral or not. Um, anyway, so so it's a little bit sad, but it's a good reminder. If we just spend that kind of time, then we'd be fine. Yeah, the lesson, uh, yeah, the lessons are most important, and that, that's probably why, like the Paul Green thing. As I said, he, he's not as well known, but 49 years old and the life of a rugby league coach is extremely stressful and extremely pressurised. And the amount of time in that 49 years, especially the last 20, he would have lost lost with his family. Um, and, yeah, regardless of what actually happened, he can guarantee natural or otherwise stress and, and pressure played a, a, a part in his early demise because he, he turned grey overnight as a rugby league coach. So then you weigh up. Is it all worth it, you know? And what are we? Yeah. Oh, we, we don't. We don't know. You know this. No, but how do you live your life? As uh, you're talking about celebrating people while they're alive rather than when mm. they're dead, I'm talking about how do we actually live our lives? It's another reminder that we could be dead tomorrow. Hundred yeah? percent. Yeah. And it reminds me with Olivia, like we, um, that famous poem where it's the dash. You know how we spend our dash, the line between our day of birth and the day of our death, and. I think she's somebody who spent hers very well, very well. She's she's made a huge difference mm. in the world. So. And I think that's a good lesson. All right, let's get on with uh, this subject, Lou. This subject. So why do we use, as in we, as in a human race, uh, such things as perfectionism and busyness as armour? Because we all are at some point guilty of it, I, I think. Um, yeah. First of all, I just want to say that uh, you've hijacked the subject for this week. I uh, I really didn't pay attention, but afterwards, when I put a little bit of thinking about it, you managed to put another Brené Brown kind of subject. Good <laughs> on you. You you just hijacked it. Well done. So you you better be good with the subject. All right. <laughs> well, I'll do my best, but um... I was so disappointed. Oh. Why? Got myself in a frame of mind to research and study and do all this stuff. And then I quick Google search and the first five things that came up were Brene Brown. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. But she's, not so, the only one that, she's not the only one that researches this stuff and has come up with this. No, because what you'll find is that everyone else who researches it just quotes Brene Brown. So um, <laughs> to say I was deflated very was, was, uh, just read a three books, podcast done. Thanks, guys. Thanks for coming. And Chris had no idea it was Brene Brown. He just guessed, but he was a pretty safe bet. Odds uh, on. 
But do we recognize it though? I think that's the thing. Like, um, it's oh. not really in, sorry, Thomas, you go. No, you were talking speaking. Uh, I was just saying like, you can, you can recognize these things like, and, and sometimes it's not until the penny drops and like for a business, business, for example, there's some people that I realize without even knowing that this is what they were doing is for example, they could never sit in silence. They always had to have something on. They always had to have a distraction or noise or to be doing something. They could never just sit and be. And it was like always for me trying to, why, why are they like that? Why do they have to, why can't they ever just sit and be? I am quite happy and capable of doing that. But I sort of noticed it. And then once I realized after sort of, you know, reading material and stuff that it's actually a thing, you know, that um, anyway, I'm sure we're going to cover this and then some, but yeah, it's a lot of people don't realize that that's what people are doing. Okay. So let's, let's uh, define, can you just define the word busyness? Me? Yeah. Are you talking about a constant state of being busy? Uh, well, I think there can be busyness in, yeah, it can be a constant state or it can just be always having to do something to be running from something, you know, like you don't like there's chronic busyness and then there's just always having to have something in their hand or doing something to avoid being or feeling, you know, and so it okay. doesn't necessarily have to be run off your feet. Okay. All right. So why did you pick this subject? Um, because it's, as you all know, I, I love Brene Brown. I love her research and I get quite into it. Um, and so I think for me, it was, I've, I'm always reading some kind of material of hers. And it was a, it was a, a book that I started to reread, which I thought, hmm, interesting. And then when you apply it or you start looking around the people around you and workplace or whatever, you start to recognize these, these, this armor in people. And so rather than I want to, I want to, uh, I want to lead people properly. I don't want to pass it off and. Okay. Yeah. So, but well, an armor against what? Well, sorry. Uh, TL, but TL's, my first line was armor for what? So let's answer that. Armor for what? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess when we talk about perfectionism and, and busyness, Brene Brown calls it the 20 ton shield where people, you know, if I, if I work and look and appear perfect, then I will be, I'll, I, I won't run the risk of being criticized or blamed or shamed or etc. So, you know, so it's, it's, it's a shield or that's how she puts it anyway. Um, which is a good way to look at it for people that don't or may not understand what we're sort of talking about here. It's a chronic being chronically busy, um, you know, is going back to what we were, what I was just saying, you know, it's someone who tends to be that is mostly or, or sometimes running from an emotion that they don't want to, they're just, they're, they're running from, they don't want to stop because that'll force them to feel. So, so, so people are doing busyness in mm -hmm. order to make sure they don't take the time to think. That's right, yeah. So mm -hmm. it's, you know, they're running from a particular emotion that they don't want to to feel. So if they keep running, it won't catch up with them. 
you know what i mean uh you know feeling why don't they why don't they do alcohol well like, they, like they, we do. Do. they do like a lot of a lot of um there's lots of techniques that people numb and 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 use for numbing alcohol drugs even isolation you know people can use all forms of do, do you find that maybe social media is also a form of busyness yeah i really do i really do. like where people are constantly on that i mean i see yep. people and, and yep. i sometimes see friends around me they're sitting next to me in the couch watching television with me we're normally watching something nice and and all they i see is this you know exactly and, and it's almost like they rather keep their brain busy with that because the television is not busy enough because the the person's next to them is not is not there to keep them busy enough so yep. they rather do this it's almost like trying to keep their mind yeah away from thinking but thinking what yeah well thinking that their life's not there's more it's, you two are going to do the whole podcast or it's well, thinking if you know chris is happy chris is happy you're talking so much because he's still writing down stuff as we but even even that even even the, right? the the um pointless scrolling or whatever you want to call it yeah it, it that's also an avoidance technique as long as i'm doing something that occupies my mind even if it is pointless and of 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 you know you know of no benefit it allows me to avoid thinking feeling anything distraction from reality yeah yeah that's what it is and well, even with perfectionism yeah. the same with perfectionism or busyness when someone wants to do an important yeah, yeah. thing and they take all their time put all their thoughts into that bits and pieces and you know what they're distracting themselves for getting to the stuff yeah. that they know they need to be doing for the from the yeah. stuff that they don't want to fail at and you said you said feelings before um lou and i think it's for myself it's feelings of inadequacy feelings yeah. of you know again yeah. i've got to go through the same crap i i, I fall into this the loop yeah. there's no question i know i fall into the loop um, and I think it's part of the problem with society that we, we all have find it really, really easy to avoid the tasks that we know we should be doing yeah. and do the easy tasks. The easy tasks are the tasks that are unimportant. Yeah, exactly. And researching this have brought back a few things. That <laughs> I, I think How long would it take? In the, last five minutes, in the last five minutes, here's what I've worked out. Go, Chris. No, what have I worked out? No, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. No, it's not last five minutes. I'm legit. I've done a lot of bloody research, man. Hey, a lot more than you probably think you and your 200 lines are an A Brown. Anyway, um, it brought me back to bits and pieces that we've learned over the years that tools that we don't use because we're in the habit. We're in the habit of doing the same shit the same way and expecting different yeah. results. Where we don't. We need to break that habit and we need to do prioritize our priorities. Mm. A to do list that's. You've got a to-do list. Yeah, so but it's also, the other thing is too, not to, sorry, Cam, to cut you off. That's all right, thing, I'm gonna wait. I'll come back next week. <laughs> the other hasn't thing, done any research anyway, so it's uh, <laughs> like to rehash your material, Louise. <laughs> he, when he went, when he did his research and he saw Rene Brown, he said, now that's it, switch it off. Next, mm -hmm. switch it off. Next article, mm -hmm. switch it off, that's all. Yeah. So well, the other said, to, sorry, you look on. I was just going to say the other thing to remember or to yeah realize here is that it's not always to avoid like some people some people use busyness as a badge of honor you know and so 
if I'm always... Yeah, but I think that's to avoid reality, Lou. I think no, that's no, badge of honour is like no, their but... armour to say, don't look at the real me, I want you to look at the false me. Yeah, but if, like, if you hear what I'm about to say, I'm busy, therefore I'm important, therefore I'm worthy. And so... You know, some people it's the busier I am. And we, I, I'm sure we all know somebody on this podcast, like not on this podcast, but we <laughs> all know somebody, we all know somebody that remains busy because if I'm busy, I'm worthy. And if I stop, what value do I add or have? But again, Renee, I'm just about to call you Renee Brown there, Brene. Um, again, Lou, that, that busyness is creating their armor for the fear of showing their true self. Yeah, and it's they want they want the perception of being busy to be their badge of honor. They want that perception, which is creating their armor, which is in effect is hiding their true self. That's which is that right. yeah, yeah. They want to be accepted for being busy, but people mm -hmm. with any sort of brains will understand that busyness is not necessarily is a productive person. Yeah, because busyness doesn't equal productivity, or perfectionism doesn't equal productivity, right? No, no. So at the end of the day. No. That, that is a shortcoming for them in, in the long run. Yeah, for um, any work. absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, but it's like we talk about the human needs and things and what I'm sort of saying back to the busyness as a badge of honour is if I stay busy enough where my, my life won't catch up on me and if I'm busy, therefore I'm important, therefore I'm worthy and therefore I'm valuable. So they can't stop because if they stop in their mind, see, because you've got to remember like, these emotions come from a feeling of lack and and unworthiness you know so that's why you know if they stop suddenly in their mind they're no longer worthy they're not lovable etc no longer good enough no longer good enough the problem is, if I let it go for any longer, I'm going to start feeling inadequate and I need my badge of honour to appear busy, right? So mm -hmm. I think, uh, just quickly, the Brene Brown stuff and, and everything you guys have just spoken about is both giving some people too much credit and giving the rest, the other half of people, not enough credit. Here's what I mean. For many... <clears throat> swap out badge of honor for excuse and for many uh where wearing it as armor means you know it's happening all right so where you you purposely put on armor you purposely put on armor to protect you the word armor would mean protection right so perfectionism more so than busyness because i i think busyness more so is going to fall into the excuse category with a lot of people than it is uh the other but perfectionism can be a, a, a real thing not just an armor not just an excuse but depending on your upbringing depending on experiences that have happened to you and depending on your, your makeup because of all those things there are there is such thing as a perfectionist now whether it's a, a perfectionist to themselves i think the category i fall into most often is uh perfectionism uh that some people in my research have classed as other oriented, which means you put perfectionism onto other people. You expect other people to be perfect and you expect um, um, people to do things that probably you're not capable of doing or uh, social oriented where you, you look at Instagram and you think, shit, they're perfect. Um, it can, it's a real uh, issue for people. Now they don't know they're doing it a lot of the time. They might not be aware of it. So, 
Um, I think wearing it as an armour means that you're aware of it. Mm. And I think uh, we're not giving people um, enough credit to say that a lot of people have a real issue there and aren't aware of it. And then I think we're giving a lot of people, most of the people that you just went on about, too much credit because I see perfectionism and, and busyness used as an excuse every single day. And I think we've all been guilty of doing it, but it's not even a case of in that. And, and then Thomas started to bring up his, his NGE, which I had written here and I've got no right to speak about it because I'm not the bloke who wrote the book about it. But, um, you know, people will use perfectionism and busyness to cover up their, their, their NGE and that's sort of down the path you guys are going. But I'm saying, look, people get busy. I've seen people who want a job in real estate and want a wage in real estate, so they get busy all day, but they never get productive, right? They always find something to do other than prospect, okay? Because yeah, I, I, I know. We, we hear what you're saying, but I think that we've been trying not to dig deeper and find out why is it that people do this, mm. you know? So for me, I think perfectionism is has a goal. It has a goal. People want to, they, they're telling the world that, I, that they, they want to do it perfectly. Mm. For me, that is more a badge of honor uh, that people are aiming for, where busyness is an excuse. So busyness use time as an excuse to hide, but they both hide the same thing. This is a funny thing. Both of them, to me, hide the same thing. It's the fear of being seen, uh, maybe either not doing something, not accomplishing anything. I think our society is about you must achieve things. You must accomplish things. And, and, and are we in this society trying too hard now to turn people into robots, to turn people into a, a machine that has to have some kind of uh, achievement at the end of the day? Otherwise, it, it can't yeah. explain its, uh, its uh, existence. That's a social orientated perfectionism, right? That's put onto us by other people, or but not even put onto us by other people, our perception of other people. You know, we, we tell our kids or we talk on here about don't believe everything you see on social media. The reason we say that is because you start comparing to people. Comparison leads to, is one of the, the key things that'll lead to perfectionism, right? Now, we've said on here, uh, you know, Jack Canfield uses the, and, and Chris has used it on here before, but I spoke about it in Singapore, the ready, fire, aim. Right now, in a lot of circumstances out in life, ready, fire, aim is a really bad idea, but as a way of overcoming perfectionism and busyness, ready, fire, aim is perfect. You don't spend 10 years waiting to set up a business. You just start the business and work the rest out as you go along. Um, so, yes, they're covering the same thing, but let's let's... Let's not shy away from the fact that people are using it for the wrong reasons, not always. I, I don't totally agree with what you said before, Cam, about everyone's using it as armour and they know they're using it armour. I think there's a level of self-awareness that is involved with being able to understand if you are using it or not using it. Um, I think people legitimately think being busy is a good thing and they're not productive. Well, yeah. I think there are some people out there that don't have the self-awareness that you're talking about to be using it you know, on purpose as a, as yeah. a, as a, um, as a, you know, piece of armor. There yeah. are people that people understand what they're doing. There are people that understand what they're doing and are using it as an armor, but no, they should be doing better. And there's others that don't. So I disagree with that. 
But mm. I do agree with the fact that you've got it. I think we've got to go towards, like you just said, how are we going to help? How are we going to help people to move beyond it? Because I know I fall in the trap of using it as a distraction or as armor or whatever, one of a better word. I, I fall in the trap. As an excuse. As an excuse. Thank you. As an excuse. Call it what it is. Because armor and armor and, and bad. Yeah, no, excuse. Excuse. Stuff, that's, all, that's all honorable, right? Right, so you call it for what it is, which is an excuse, yeah. and all of a sudden you might be actioned into it. If we sit here and go, "Oh, people are using it as armor; they're just doing it to protect themselves," most bullshit. It's an excuse. Busyness, especially, right? So let's not shroud it in uh, glory. This thing. Yeah, and and I and I probably uh, agree with Cam, Chris. It's not because you're not aware of that that there is no uh, uh there is no engine underneath that it may that engine may be running you unconsciously yeah. so you you may be using it in an unconsciousness manner because everyone wants to be achieving a goal every single day if people go to work and and or they they, they want to make sales or they, they want to get a listing but somehow there is something that's running in the background. So I, I, I believe that it is used as an armor. But now let's move on to the next question here. Do, do men use it more as an armor or women? That's a loaded question. From, from what I've seen. No, it's not a loaded question. From what I've seen, I don't think anyone's worse than the other. I've seen some, I've seen some men do it beautifully and I've seen some women do it beautifully. I don't, I don't, uh, I, I would say potentially women are more prone to anxiety in comparison and, and need, feeling the need to be perfect more, more so because of societal pressures than men. But at the same time, there's just as many arguments to say men have got more pressure on them than, than not. So we had, Perfect example. How many people take a job or apply for a job just so they can go home to their wife or, or significant other and say, I'm trying to get a job, right? They've got no intention of doing it. They're busy about trying to get one. Um, but that's the social pressure of needing that's the social pressure of needing to provide or needing to uh, uh, yeah, well needing to provide is is needing to be employed. So I don't know if there's a I, I think it's fairly well split. I think they, everyone uses it in their own way, um, and whether it's you know a stay-at-home parent, um, or, or or at work, or in a social, you know, setting, whatever it may be, I think everyone uses it in their own way. Whether it's a parent at home and they're busy with the kids and parent-teacher meetings and you know this and that and so forth, and then the same thing at, at work, I think it's the same state. Mm. No, 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 no. If if you had to do the homework with the kids, that's not being busy. That you're doing something productive. If 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 yeah. you have to go to a school meeting uh, and and parent teachers, it's not. I mean, I find, for example, uh, in the morning, uh, as a man, I wake up and look after myself. My wife wakes up and looks after the whole house. So I don't know whether I can really say it's fifty fifty. I, I know that's not business. Looking after the house isn't business. You said who's using but, it. But, that, but that's why I say so. Where where? But as a man, you can't sit there and do nothing. So you pretend to go around and make a cup of coffee, and and even you don't want a second one, you pretend to go for a second one because you need a second one. I mean, yes. I, I don't know. Maybe 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 that is a state of business. But here's the thing with perfectionism, right? Oh, we're gonna have friends over. Oh, they can't come over at the moment. I'll have them back in, right? 
or I haven't cleaned hair. But that's a that's a shoot me, Oprah. But that's a female more more so you're hearing that from females, right? Yes. But you've got yeah. There's a perfectionism brought about by social norms that if people come over and my house isn't clean, all of a sudden there's a judgment made about you how I live. Remember, like, the fact that I've got three kids and they're trash and the joint, and they don't give a shit because they know they can't have anything nice. So, yes, but the, the um, whole the whole point of or the root of this is is most perfectionists aren't driven by perfection. They're driven by fear and shame and blame and judgment and everything else. So they're not being a perfectionist to keep the house tidy as such. It's more about what will they think of me if the house is not tidy? And then it's the, the shame and the all of the other things that set in. Yeah, um, and it's the same with busyness. Busyness, if you look at busyness, as oh. a to somebody running so around. You say, so you're saying that most women, when they make the sandwiches in the morning, they they're not really wanting to do that, but they, they're scared of what their children is going to think about what they're going to have in their box. Well, perfectionism, <clears throat> perfectionism, like from what I understand is something that we can pass down. So think about this. There's, there's parents that if, if, if their children don't represent perfectly, then it reflects on them. And so it's not about wanting the best for their children. It's about the image that they portray by having their children look the best. And so well, that's, if, not, that's not perfectionism. That that is about shifting your needs onto somebody else. <laughs> yeah, but it still comes back to <clears throat> what perfectionism. Sorry, um, <clears throat> perfectionism. We struggle with perfectionism in our lives, where we most feel vulnerable to shame. And so, if you feel like that's not using it as an armor, that's a condition. That's what I was saying before. We're not, we're not putting yeah, on protection. We we have been bashed into needing to be perfect in some in in whatever well the other thing is don't forget don't forget as a culture when it comes to perfectionism we've we've bought into the idea that perfectionism perfectionism is a positive thing we've also bought into the idea that um busyness as a culture is a is a good thing as well so completely pardon disagree completely well, I mean that's fine. But... Bought into who's who runs around saying um, perfectionism is a good thing, and who runs around saying being busy is good because everything we're taught or tried to teach is productive, right? Every yeah, but, you, you, but perfectionism is a big umbrella term, Cam, and I think a lot of people can confuse perfectionism with healthy striving as well. There's a difference of actually wanting to go. That and was the second article I googled that quoted Brene Brown. That healthy striving. Yeah, but what are we going to sit here and go around in circles? Or no, we're not going around in circles. We're not going around in circles. I, I think that we, we need to move on. So what we, we we now we now believe that men and women are equal, right? I do I, people yeah. doing this. I, I believe that men are more prone to uh, busyness and, and perfectionism because I think men want to show off. If if if, if you show it off you're more likely to attract females I and mean, it's it's the animal world so you have to strive for more and then because it is so hard and so competitive these days for people to reach that level of perfectionism they they get into busyness where i believe that women are truly the the, the working ends are there they i don't i don't i don't want to say that it's 50 50. but now let's have a look at the um, uh, results uh what's the remedy how do people fix it 
How do people avoid these two things? I, the, the first thing um, I could probably suggest is at work, have a, even at home, have a to-do list. Um, so prioritize your tasks for the day. So you know you work out your important tasks and your unimportant tasks. Um, and then number those. So for myself, I'll put all my tasks on a sheet and then I'll one to 10 uh, and all the ones, then I'll go through A, B, C, D for all the ones. So the most important get done first. Um, so that's the first thing I'd say, a to-do list and then prioritize your to-do list. Okay, what about you, Lou? Um, well, I think the root of perfectionism is basically believing your self-worth is based on your achievements. And I think a lot of people are too hard on themselves. You know, um, I've been there and done it. And, you know, like you, uh, look, it opens a whole nother can of worms, but it goes into other avenues of imposter syndrome and all of that stuff where you feel like you're not good enough no matter what you do and no matter what you achieve you don't feel good enough and worthy worthy enough and it can stem from a upbringing or you know having a, a bad feedback or yeah, but you're still talk, you're still talking about the the symptoms i'm talking about right, what's the solution Remedy. yeah well that's where i'm going what i'm saying is owning your story owning your story and being proud of who you are if that's not the bravest thing you'll ever do in life then all right you know what I mean? So I'm, what I'm saying to, as a remedy is be proud of yourself and pat yourself on the back and don't feel bad. I mean, I don't know why people feel bad or find it hard to actually celebrate themselves. It's, you know. All right. So what, what if what if I tell you that for some of us, it is hard to sit down and rest on those laurels that mm -hmm. once whatever we have achieved is the past and there is a little voice in our head that says, move on, keep moving. Where's your next one? So and and it's nice to say you know you just have to sit down and 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 be proud of. But what if you don't have that kind of a voice that allows you to say I'm proud of this? Well, look, I mean you got to you, you got to find it, and if you can't find it in yourself, you got to hang around the right people that can help you find it, I suppose. Um, and and learn to. Okay. I guess, yeah. So association for you. Association, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Ken? Uh, for business, have an honesty session with yourself. Lock yourself in a room and, and be actually honest with yourself and work mm -hmm. out whether you're busy or you're productive. And if you're someone who wants to be productive but has an honesty session with themselves, it worked out they're busy, then you'll know the next step. And if you're someone who's happy pretending to be busy because you think it's fooling everyone you can get through life, if you're happy with the cards you have, don't need to change anything so yeah but Ken, this is the same thing in we're talking about solutions so we have to give people solutions but let's imagine this guy he's he's happy being busy yeah so when when you're gonna ask him why is it that you do this at that time of the day when that should be done when you can't talk to clients and he goes because it's important i have to get that done now because that's gonna come up later on so people can justify the the, the busyness yeah, but that's not how you remedy yourself because when I, if that happens to me as the leader and someone tries to sell me that excuse, I just say no. So, um, I mean, put that down to association or, or whatever you want. But if someone tries to tell me this has to be printed right now, otherwise the world's right. going to come to an end, it's on me to say, well, no, the world isn't going to come to an end. Now, as for perfectionism, I think that's a, a lot harder thing to fix than... Um, 
busyness because it goes off in, in so many different directions. So maybe association, but I find that if you're uh, driven rightly or wrongly for perfection through other people and, and you've got a lot of MGE, TL, you know this, it doesn't matter how many times people tell you you're doing a good job. Right? You don't believe them and you don't accept it. So um, right. I think gratitude's a big thing. I think I think that not, not uh, looking back in the past so much what Lou said, but being grateful for what you actually have today and, and trying to find ways of not being governed by what the outside world is telling you. you you've got to be driven. You get, right. So I don't know. Okay, for, 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 for me, I think people should have a goal and then they should set a plan towards the goal. The goal for you, not goal for others. And, 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 and then once they have their own goal and their own plan, they really have to have a look at the end of the day, sit down and write down what they've done for every single hour of the day and see whether it's corresponding to the plan. I think that that will actually bring them to the awareness whether they are productive or busy. I think that the, the first thing that people need to do is to bring a self-awareness of what they're doing. Because as they keep on doing this, this is why I keep on saying to people, you know, I, I see many new leaders um, who have got what they call a honeymoon period. And they claim, I'm going to go out and work hard. And I know already, no, you're going to have a honeymoon period. That's how it works. Only poor people have got no honeymoon. Rich people have got honeymoon and, and the richer they are, the longer the honeymoon. You never, ever notice that? Like when I got married with my wife and I told one of our, our guys who just got married, mate, your video would have paid for my wedding twice. <laughs> and, and, and so my honeymoon was Saturday night where we stayed and then Monday back to work. So I, I think that the, the, the biggest thing that people need to have is that awareness. First, am I busy driving for perfection? Am I uh being productive and only looking at the truth which is what was my plan when i sat down and strategized towards my goal and what and how am i wasting each hour of the day yeah that's the honesty session i was, I was talking about but it only, yeah, but at least it's only going to work yeah you, you did a beautiful job of breaking it down so mm -hmm. it's only going to work oh, sorry cam i took your idea no you didn't that's what, what i'm saying <laughs> That only works. That only works if you actually want change. There's, but we try to give people, we yeah. try to give people the tools, man. That's what I'm but, saying. But what? a tool also can be. Listen, there's a lot of people out there who are acting acting on other people's wishes and acting on other people's pressures and all that sort of thing. If you lock yourself in the room, like I said, and have that honesty session with yourself and just say, "Look, I don't want to be there. Or I don't want to do it. Or here's what I want in life." That's okay too, right? You can. That's that. Absolutely. That's the. It's okay to be a loser. It's okay to sit there and not everyone can win in life. That's why there's a top one percent. And if you sit there and go, oh shit, well, I'm going to stop telling people I'm going to go to work because deep down I'm really happy just being mediocre. Then so be it. Because all the other, the, the for every word that comes out of your mouth that says I'm going to go to work and this is my goal that I don't really believe in and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. That you don't do is actually killing you faster than just saying man i'm okay being average that, that, that's okay and i think we get we got to let a lot of people off the hook with that you know for people who actually want change and don't want to be mediocre then there's steps that you have to take but let's first only work with those people 
Right. What, what's a second round? Who's got a second piece of advice? Now we've done association, we've done plan, we've done goals. Uh, what was yours? The um, a to do list for priorities. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Unimportant tasks done well don't doesn't make them important. So when you're sitting down in the day and you find yourself doing tasks that you know are unimportant, trying to do them well and talking back to perfectionism doesn't make them any more important. So understand the importance of the tasks that you're doing. And I think that's what you mentioned too before about the end of the day, Thomas. Um, and there's that, um, what do they call it? The decision matrix, uh, the decision matrix, urgent, uh, unimportant, uh, un uh, you know, before, I think it's a Brian Tracy. Is that um, a Brene Brown? Oh, you don't bring other people onto this podcast. We're a Brene Brown podcast. God damn you. Brian Tracy, her dad. Um, I think he yeah. invented it. Um, and it's just about oh, being Brown, the other thing I was going to say is stop multitasking. You only get one. Went, well, it is one. It was only a, it was an add to Thomas's. So this is the second one. Was stop multitasking. It's proven that multitasking actually reduces your uh, ability to do things by twenty five percent. And every time you stop doing a task, it takes you about ten to fifteen minutes to get back into the flow uh, of where you were. So it really delays your your, your um, productivity for the day. So taking on too many tasks. Uh, so, really so, you, so you mean you can't watch uh, Facebook on one screen, uh, Netflix another one, uh, and and do your work? Yeah, that's not a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> I've been told my whole life. Talk about you gotta watch. You gotta watch Netflix. Just watch Netflix. Forget work and forget face. Just watch Netflix. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I've Pick grown one. up here, and that women are the kings of multitasking, and men can't do it. That's all I've heard my whole life. So I don't know. My wife can give me the shits when she's not even in the room. I mean, how good is that for multitasking? <laughs> so. I put podcast. Love it. I love it. Love it. Love it. I put my AirPods in every night to go to sleep listening to a podcast because I'm convinced I can sleep and absorb knowledge at the same time. <laughs> when I wake up every morning, I'm just as dumb as I was the day before. So I don't know. <laughs> you can't first, educate a rock, mate. First you, must, first, you must put batteries in your AirPods. <laughs> Got to start listening to... <laughs> All right, Louise. I know you're dying. I think the other thing too is we've got to forget about thinking and caring about what other people think. Because, and it seems like we're on a Brene tangent here. One of the things she says is we can, never, we can never do anything brave wearing the straight jacket of what will other people think. And I think a lot of what we do, busyness, perfectionism, is all, not, well, I can't say all, but a lot of the time driven by our thoughts of what other people think. So here's my advice. Who gives a F what other people think? Who gives? We can spend a lot Everybody, of time. Everybody. No, no, I know. No, I know. I'm going to disagree with how we're giving the answer because you say this, but how do I do this when all my life I do give an F about what other people think? Tell me how I don't. Because it's okay to have this, but how do I? I mean, when I say, for example, write down your time and write down, uh, look at your planning, it's something they can do. Yeah? Yeah, but, yeah. But tell me, as a person who whose parents has have have told him all his life, you make sure whatever you do, the family name is never soiled. Yeah. So you grew up with high parental expectations, highly critical parents, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. and so you carried that, and that is 
and I'm not saying that you're perfectionist or anything. Tell me how to stop it. People that carry that, that, that brings out the perfectionism in them. And it's because of what will people think if I'm not? Tell him how to stop it. If you let me finish, Cam, oh, I will. I, I can't, I can't, I'm not a... I'm not a guy that can give three words. He got the answer. He asked you to come up with an answer, not the problem. Come up with the answer. Well, I'm trying to come up with the answer, but I can't give three words and make sense to anybody. I might make sense to you, but I might not make sense to anyone else. So I'm trying to give the answer by explaining it. So how do we do it, Thomas? It's probably the hardest thing in the world for us to do is to not care about what other people think but you've just got to own your story and 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 be proud of who you are and where you, where you are in life like you know you've got to own it whether you're riding a high or in, or, or in a slum it, like and what i mean by that is in a in a bad place you've got to own it and you've got to be aware of it and you've got to make a decision to move forward from that or or keep growing from that i it's it's a hard hard question and i don't have the answer but, it, but, but this is where this is where i have a problem Lou. is that we, there's a lot of people who come up on, on a lot of stuff and write books and say things like this mm -hmm. but they don't tell you how we, we get out of it they say they say well it, don't focus on others mm -hmm. how do you not focus on others when you've been brought up to focus hey, that give me some some real thing you know don't tell me a, a law i mean yeah, don't 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 jump off the building because gravity is gonna pull you down. You're gonna die. I mean, just yeah, yeah. get it, you know. But maybe you should stop me because if I'm depressed, I'm gonna jump. And so so it how how do we not do that? It's I, I hear your point. I, I get that. It's to me we're making observations. Can we please come up with something that says that someone can can write down and go all right from here on I'm gonna do this mm. and and it's going to help me with my okay, business. Okay, so all right. So here's my here's my brief answer. Don't compare yourself to anybody other than who you were yesterday. You know, I think that Very can good. Help. that can help because we do spend a lot of time comparing ourselves, um, and and that leads on to worrying about what other people are going to think of us. Um, that's something. You know, I, I, I what do you got, Chris? Oh, I don't know. I, I that's another one I've got. I've, another one I've got is a. Uh... People delay the the hardest tasks till the end of the day, mm -hmm. and then they avoid. They work. They work their asses off trying to avoid doing those hard tasks all day. So, yeah. and then they, in their head is screwed up all day because of that that mm -hmm. hard task where they might be just getting rid of someone or making telling an owner or a sales falling over or whatever it may be. Yeah. Do and I think it was Brian Tracy again. I say Brian Tracy. He, he wrote a book God eat the frog first, right? Mm -hmm. Which is you do the hard tasks straight away first thing in the morning before mm -hmm. lunch. It's out of the way. Then you can focus the rest of the day, which comes to my second word. And I'm sorry I'm giving two, but which is focus um, and block out your time. Focus on the, the subject that you're doing and make sure it falls in line with your, your to-do list. And the funny thing is I look back on last week's task was about um, drowning in um, knowledge, but starving oh. for wisdom. I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm a shocker at doing some of this, avoided doing the tasks that I know, but I know what I should be doing. Yeah. And I think a lot of people out there do know what they should be doing. Mm. And it's having an honest talk with yourself. I think Cam brought it up before, really start yourself around and say, shut you stupid idiot, get to the thing that you need to be doing because you know it needs. And at the end of the day, you feel better once you've done it. It actually improves your self-worth. It improves your self-esteem by doing those chores that you know you should be doing. At the end of the day, if you don't do them, you feel shit because you didn't. Yeah. 
Yeah, but here's uh, now uh, a bit tricky question, Chris, because you and I, we do know of someone who should be doing all of that, but he doesn't. Yeah. So what will be your advice to him? Do what I said to do. I don't think calling yourself. I'm only focus. Focus on I'm the only coming to grips with this now. But I think if you start off the process, Chriso, with uh, yeah, um, call yourself a stupid idiot and say to get going. I'm only just coming to grips with this now. That's you're not going to anything after calling yourself a stupid idiot is going to be irrelevant because you're going to. I, I do that to you know exaggerate the simple, right? Uh, and I no, I but it's that. not an exaggeration, mate, because that's what people do to themselves, right? My, my, my second thing is, and I only learned this very recently from some bloke, um, it's all right having a to-do list, Chris, though, but my to-do list, so I, I, I just rejig my to-do list. So now in the mornings, there's about 14 things that go off at certain times that I have to do, right? But they're, they're fairly generic. Call this person, call that person, check this. Yeah. Zoom meeting things like that. Yeah, no, that was that's, that's you got systems in place. No, no, yes, yes, I have systems in place, but that's okay. But call this person means nothing. Someone threw up the word purpose to me the other day, and it's had me thinking for for four or five days. What is? It's all right having a thing to do, but what is the purpose of what we're doing? How do we move from busy to productive? Like Actually, know why you're doing what you're doing, and then strive to achieve that thing. It's not enough to have a to-do list that says call this person or check that. Check that with the aim of what and be aware of that while you're having checking that thing or having that conversation because otherwise those conversations can go very pear-shaped very quickly. They can't achieve the desired effect. You can do damage and all that sort of thing. So purpose in what you're doing, not just action, purposeful action is, is I think, the next step after setting a to-do list. Okay. Here's then another one of mine. I think you need to mentor someone. If you start doing some mentorship of someone, do you, do you realize quite often you feel like in a, a, a liar when you're telling someone to do something, but you don't do it yourself? How many people do it though to you? I disagree. But, but no, but if you mentor someone, which means now you and I, we're going to have meetings regularly and talk about certain things and do certain things, you suddenly go back home and go, hold on, I, I'm not doing this. I, I better get on to doing this. I think we do it. I think we do it every month in our leadership pairing, to be honest. Like there's things like even Chris and I paired this month again. And I know, and I've said it to Nelly, every leader that I've ever paired with, I just gave you some really good advice. Why in the hell did I do that myself? <laughs> you know? Is that with me? Yeah. Sorry. I had to say that. I'm sorry. That just... Uh... Yeah. No, but it's it wasn't. But you see, but if if you did that with me, I'd say to you then, can you just tell me the stuff that you're doing and cut the other crap? Mm. So I, I will tell you very honestly not to tell me the stuff you're not doing. Now it will insult your ego, which is probably a good lesson because some some of us need that ego bashing. Then perfectionism and busyness disappear slowly. But mm. if I think I think uh, talking about this now, uh, I'm not saying anything new uh, to counter your point because I think you brought up association. You have the right association. 
the association will tell you, stop telling me the stuff you don't do. Just like I've told people who read books but don't do it, I told them, don't tell me about books you don't do. Mm-hmm. Just tell me the bits you do in the book. Mm-hmm. And, and if you have association that is that uh, that is that honest and brutal, then you have two choices. Either you avoid that association or you're not going to do something about it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I find I've done a lot of mentorship in my life. I have taken, geez, uh, some 20 years ago already, you know, 30 years ago, I started with people. And, and for me, it was very simple. Don't tell them what you don't do. Because if they catch you, if they, they, they catch you up, then now you're a liar. And my leader, when I was 22, told me, you can hide from a thief, but there's nothing you can do with a liar. Therefore, never lie to people. But you tell people you're going to do, you do it. What you ask people to do, make sure you double do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So mentorship for me is so, so important. <clears throat> and if you, if, if you take also someone who is, who wants, who embrace you as a mentor, they're going to be tough too, because they're going to say, oh, you show me. I mean, I, I am convinced that one of these days, someone's going to say to me, can you show me your diary where you say that you're writing a lessons every single day? And I'm thinking, I can't show them. And, and it's got stuff missing. Not only I'm going to have to show them, but I'm going to make sure when I show them, I tell them, you never question me again. <laughs> so, so okay, listen, you can't encase it in a threat, mate. Yeah. <laughs> You you can't, can't, you, don't, ask, don't ask me again because I go, you're, you're the protege. I'm, uh, you, I'm not, you're not mentoring me. <laughs> but, but you have to be ready. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the, word, the, the key is in the word mentor and the meaning of the word mentor to what you're saying to you because all the arguments are around it mean that you're not. No, I'm giving the solution. I'm giving the solution. Yeah, and, you are. Yeah. and I would say to you this, Chris. If you were to decide today, I'm going to mentor my son into doing certain things, you will see that a lot of the things that you're going to be doing are going to change. Mm. Yeah. Yep. Good advice. Mm. Very good. Alex would run rings around you, mate. <laughs> <laughs> you bought this sliced ham the other day from the deli. It was the first you know, package spam that I've ever had in my life. It was beautiful. I, I know Robert he'll just work here work in pairs work with, with someone else if I was to do a leadership pairing I'd be one of the worst guys you'd ever do leadership pairing with because I would cut you out when you will say something to me I say alright show me prove it to me you do it can I ask someone that you're doing it mm. Mm. I've got a good one this month my leadership pairing this month is a good one and we're doing action stuff every single day and we won't let each other down so there's accountability with it sometimes i mean we talk a lot about um not 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 pairing with someone or men get you can't get mentored by someone who's on the same level as you but sometimes someone who is where you're at at life if their intentions are in the right place and you are both heading in the right direction can be the best thing for you because sometimes when you you got two people looking to get out of a hole you you build a better ladder there you go. Oh, geez, that was good. Write that down. Um, um, and that's what I've found this month, to be honest, with my pairing. We, we found someone paired with me who was unbeknownst to them in a very similar situation to what I was in. And, and together we're building that ladder and it's been brilliant, been brilliant for both of us. But that's different mentorship, right? That's 
I think for a real mentor to tell you, you have to have one already done it and two be willing to still do it to be able to, to yeah you can't you can't mentor someone in finance if you have no money in the bank is is what I'm getting at a mentor yeah yeah yeah, mm. yeah. and you'll be a stupid protege going to a guy who's broke for advice in finance Mm-hmm. But you won't know, right? Because of all the shit we talked about before about armor and masks and people pretending. Is how many how many financial advisors or how, how many self help gurus are on the on the on the Instagram on the Facebook, mate? Who have no? <laughs> yeah, there's there's one in particular that's completely done my head in, and he got my six hundred. Listen, he got my six hundred dollars for a couple of years because I was starving for knowledge and in what I was trying to do in real estate, he gave me the one-liners, he gave me the stuff I needed to to lift my skill level a little bit, right? But this same bloke tries to teach people about uh, uh, personal growth and and, and uh, values and all this stuff, and then the next minute there's a Facebook post saying, "To all my haters, keep going. I hate you too." What the? And and but but this is people's mental <laughs> this is a guy who people are paying six hundred dollars a year or whatever to, to be my guru right and just keep going i hate you as well and and to everyone who doesn't like what i do f you and mm. this is every second post and next to you've got to read books and you've got to grow and the more you grow it it, it astounds me and that we get bluffed right just like vendors get bluffed by you know high price low fee we get bluffed as humans by false, false demigods, right? We 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 get we get bluffed by uh, people who didn't. And then and the books will tell you if you want financial advice from someone, ask to see their bank account. If you want parental advice from someone, check that they've got kids first, maybe, and that they're not in jail. Right. Yeah, because the ones who've got no kids, they, they they've got a master degree in uh, how to. There's mentors. Hey, yeah. there's mentors on Facebook that'll charge you five grand a month that have never sold a house in real estate. But you know, when a real mentor has got their ducks in a row, you're not getting charged nothing, mate. Because the the most successful people in a lot in life and the most abundant people in life give away their knowledge and their wisdom for free. So that's one that's one sign. I love. I love a thing I saw. A lady was selling a book on how to buy your first home, and with the pre proceeds from the book, she bought her first home. <laughs> he's smart he's smart he's smart oh, that was fantastic i thought that was fantastic okay. everyone got comments, but anyway. here's another piece of advice for those who are into perfectionism of a business work in time slots uh, for example when i go to work in the morning uh, the first thing i do is i write down the uh, three or four things that i have to do and so i go for example work on the let for example leadership manual I don't actually say work on a leadership manual. I go now between this time and that time, that's leadership manual. By that time, it has to stop. And, and, and what happens is because you put a stop time, you, you, you all, you all, you're thinking, hold on, I can't get to 11 o'clock and not achieve that. And, and, and you're suddenly like racing. And, 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 but when it's 11 o'clock, I, I turn it off and I'm on to the next bit. This is why, for example, I don't I don't take calls. For example, sometimes the phone's ringing next to me, but no, I'm I'm, I'm with this or I'm in this meeting. I I, I can't take it. I, I can't just 
And, and I think that those kind of, we call it block times, but I, I work in real time slots. So there's, there's some people, they are, they're not like that. They, they start working, I call them the poet, the artist. They start a subject and then they get in and, and as long as that's done, they're happy. So, oh, I'll, I'll have a coffee. And oh, oh yeah, you need me now with the this, so I'll go. And by the time those people usually, this is what they do. Oh, it's five o'clock already. I have not seen the time. Time flies. And and those to me are what I call the busyness people. They they yes, they 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 have not done anything else but sit in front of the computer. Yes, they have not gone onto Facebook or social media. But sometimes they don't have that kind of clock. This is what I love about the couple of go home and go, I did 12 hours today, darling. Geez, I'm working hard. Don't you dare talk to me like that. I work hard to provide for this family. That's those people. That's the excuse yeah. people. I've got a time slot booked out, so it's 9 to 12, no jokes to tell you. You cannot joke with this man before me. <laughs> And when I go, don't joke, don't say anything funny. I try to be funny, and then I pick up the phone and go, yeah. And I go, ah, I've done it before. I, I, I'm going to challenge that, Cam. Four by one and go, right, guess what? Guess what, guys? Four by one. I think the thing is that you're just not funny before 12 o'clock. <laughs> yeah. Oh, mate, I've got some crackers. My business. My Sorry, business. man. I, I disagree with you, mate. Up. This guy is pissed all the time. He's funny 24-7. My business is just coming up with shit to say at inappropriate times. And the most inappropriate time to CL is at 9 o'clock in the morning when he's got his game face on and I go, oh, look at that. And it doesn't, it falls on deaf ears, right? It's gone. <laughs> so that's, that's my block time. Cam is not the, the only one. Like my father-in-law is the same thing. I mean, I, when I run the uh, real estate agency with my father-in-law is the same thing. He keep, kept on saying, Thomas doesn't smile. Yeah, but I, I can't smile in the morning. I've got that list I have to finish. Until that list is done, I, I, I must be focused. And that allows me to do the bit I need to be doing rather than being lost into busyness because there's nothing worse than going home. You know, this is what you find with busyness. Even the people who do business, at the end of the night, they sit and feel guilty with, with themselves. They actually have pain with themselves because they have that mea culpa and, and they whip themselves. And I'm thinking that you don't need to go through that. That's actually going to kill uh, time out of your life. That's going to remove a day or two of your life every single time you do it. So you might as well just whip it. You know, I learned a long time ago, success demands has got two prizes. You either pay it before success or you pay it after. But either way, you're going to have to pay. Decide. Mm, yeah, yeah, absolutely. What about your next one, Luke? Oh, Luke, go for it. Um, well, my next one's a sort of little bit left of field. Um, I read a beautiful quote this morning from a person by the name of Manush Shafiq. Um, and it said, in the past, jobs were about muscle. Now they are about brain. And in the future, they'll be all about heart. And I really loved that because I think it, it's very true. Like when we, like, especially leaders, um, looking to the future in order to lead and be a great leader and to lead people fully, I think it has to be 
a lot of hard work, not not what it used to be. Um, and so, but in order to lead, you first must lead yourself. And so understand yourself and, and know yourself. And, and yeah, I think, what am I trying to say? What am I trying to say is be the best version of you before you try to lead other people as well. Who, who is Shafuk, uh, Fashuk or Shafuk? Manush Shafiq. So. Can roll starts. Um... <laughs> no. <laughs> who is he? No, um, I actually think it's a lady and, I, and it's a university lecturer in um, uh, Colorado or something. So. Really? In, in I, I think the next one's got, is, I think the next one is going to be uh, computers. I mean, uh, but you know. Yeah. Maybe like the 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 job you mean like yeah no but i yeah i i just psychedelics legal in colorado it's funny that because it messes with your brain not your heart What's that? what what does i think i, I think uh, the, the way the quote was read the way you explained the quote was was different but the way the quote was read about forget brain and forget this mate we we explained last week that you need knowledge to have any no sort of no no, no but what it's saying in the past like if you think back like i love you man can only go so far you think back like i think back to like my dad's work my dad's like 60 something my dad yeah, i agree with you i agree with your about explanation the, all about the muscle the then it was all about the brain but in the future it's all about the heart yeah you're and, talking about eq yeah yeah 100 percent. yeah and i think and i think I think obviously that was something that was said ages ago, but with the likes of COVID and the pandemic and all these other things that people have gone through, it's been a massive awakening and it's the me too. And it's the, you know, all of these things like people are finally enlightening. I think, I think, I hope, I hope. Okay. Anybody else has got another piece of advice about what people can do in order to avoid yeah. that? Using perfectionism, yeah, with busyness. Learn to say no. Mm. Uh, learn to say no to and to 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 many to many different things. Uh, to time feeds, um, to um, people asking you to do things for them when you're in the middle of a task and so forth. So just learn to be able to and be comfortable with saying no. Unfortunately, I think a lot of people have that FOMO, you know, the fear of messing out by saying no to things. Say no to lunch, say no to coffee, say just say no, you get more done. Say no to you. What if you've got to say no to your wife who says, Can you get the kids today or can you go to this sporting event or can you it has, to, it has to happen then? Yeah, I, I probably I probably go further on, on your learn to say no, have a target of no's to distribute every single day. Right? So every day have five no's that you're going to be distributing up. That that's it. You have because then you have to. You can't go home. Unless you have those five no's out. Yep. When you say to people, learn to say no, they're going to go, oh, well, I won't do it today, I start tomorrow. That's a problem with people. So so the the, the, the next level of perfectionism and, and, and business is, is really procrastination. Yeah. So just do it now. Have that target. Thomas cheats. He calls me six times a day and says no to every one of my suggestions. And then he goes, no, I'm going, my quota, my quota. My quota. <laughs> Nine o'clock. <laughs> I call you to say I love you, mate. Because oh, I know. Mine is very simple and it's, it's going to reduce the argument to simple words. But the amount of people who call me 
believe it or not, people call me and go, Cam, I need help. And the amount of times it ends in just shut up and go to work. Um, unfortunately, life, while very complicated, is very simple. Action trumps everything. Just shut up and go to work. All the, oh, maybe I need this and maybe I need that. And maybe I need this. Whether it's working on a relationship, working on your mindset or working at work, shut up and go to work. At the end of the day, I had a guy ring me the other day from another company who mm. was a friend of mine who I told to get into real estate for a lot of years and refused and now he's in real estate. He rings me and says, oh, Cam, just call him to say that, that now now I respect what real estate agents do. So one, he's saying I've respected nothing you've done for the last six years. <laughs> I cut him off. I said, mate, stop. He goes, what? I'm a man. I can admit. I said, shut up and go to work. <laughs> oh. Oh, I said, yeah, you're ringing me for a cuddle or, or some way of getting out of actually doing what you got to do. Just yeah. Let, Let's try and finish this on, on, on uh, this next question. Um, how do people know that they are doing perfectionism or business, business as an armor, as armor? Because most, the four of us here, we're probably going to sit down and say, no, I don't. Yes. So... A lot of people are going to say, no, I don't. So how would they know they're doing it? Mm. Read Brene Brown's book. She'll explain <laughs> everything to you. No. I, I didn't um, realise till today, actually, reading a different article that wasn't related to Brene. Oh, geez, I had to search farther. I went to the 57th page on Google to find someone who hadn't quoted Brene Brown. He's, he's jealous, Louise. He's jealous. No, but I had to find one of, the, one of the aspects of perfectionism is you putting it onto other people. And I'm, mate, guilty as charged. I expect people, I look at people and on one hand, I go, they're exactly the same as I was when I was 19. But then I go, you should be better. Like, that's... Yeah, um, yeah. so highly critical, yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't have an answer for you, too. I don't know how you become aware of it. Ah, uh, well, but then, then listen, it's coming up. Mm. Uh, what about you, Lou? <laughs> so... Yeah, it's coming up now. No, not necessarily. What, but... Can you tell me the question again, Thomas, so I fully understand? Yeah, so, so people who are listening and, and, and the closer people who are going to listen to this afterwards, uh, how do they know that they're doing perfectionism? Because I like, ask the four of us whether we're doing that, we're probably going to say no. Mm. Yeah, yeah, okay. So, uh, okay, for, for perfectionism. Um, yes. Sorry. Sorry, I just heard something funny outside. Um, did, you see, did you see that stare? Chris, I saw that stare. If she had a gun, <laughs> you would have been dead. <laughs> Remember what I said before the podcast? Look. Um, you scared yeah. the shit out of me. <laughs> what? Jeez, I don't know why you feel attacked. Anyway. Come on. Okay. I guess okay. the thing right. is, I guess the thing is, is um, if you're if you're doing something and you feel like um, you're doing it because you're worried about what other people are going to think, you know, or you you're doing it because you feel like you're going to be judged, or you're feeling like um, it brings up some emotion in you you're probably doing perfectionism like, and I I've been thinking about it this whole podcast, this whole podcast, Thomas, and it was at one of our leadership seminars and, and I'm, 
a million percent sure that she won't mind me saying, but um, there's a lady that works with Stephen and she does perfectionism really, really well. Probably the best I've ever seen. Right. She's also had the most, like the hardest life. Like, it, it makes me cry thinking about it, actually. Um, Shut up, gang. You take your time. If you want to, I can get rid of Cam. No, 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 no. no. Thinking about me. Cam, shut up, I said. But I, I see why she did it now. Why? Why do you think she's doing it? Because she carried so much, um, uh, like shame and guilt and. So in her life, everything had to be perfect because if it wasn't, all the, um, all of the past would catch up with her, you know, and be her fault, her fault. Um, so yeah, if, if it doesn't need to be, I don't know. Anyway, go to somewhere else now. (laughs) You're doing well, Lou. No, that's right. That's why we respect. If, I, if we kept on going to somebody else, then we would not have allowed you to just be as vulnerable as you are. And 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 the vulnerability that you're showing, that's a beautiful thing that we need to show. I think that the um, if you want to avoid perfectionism and busyness, you just gave the perfect answer. We have to be able to show people our true emotions. Yeah. Yeah, the way we are, not not just pretend. Yeah. So I think that uh, as usual, you you got the best answer for the podcast, so that was fantastic. And I can see it. Cam's getting jealous now. He's going, I, I I can't do that. No, Cam, you can't get tears out of stones. It's no. It, I just I'm just going back to the bloke who said your mental has got to be honest, and you just said as usual she gave the best answer. So <laughs> I'm calling it full of shit. As, as usual. What about you, Chris? Um. Well, at the end of the day, I think when you put your head down in the pillow, you, you know if you've done the right thing for the day. Um, and whether it's, you know, and I heard it put in a really simple term. At home, we have all these little t- tasks that we know need to be done, but we get ourselves busy with the stuff that we do, we, we want to do because not the stuff we have to do. But once you finish those small tasks, you get these little boosts to your self-esteem. Mm. Um, and at the end of those, end of the day, you feel better for getting those things done. And I think it's your own inner workings telling you that today was a good day. Today you achieved something. And I think if you listen to your own inner voice, truly listen to your own inner voice, and at the end of the day, you're not so happy with, your, with what you've done, you know you haven't done the right thing. But if you can truly sit there and go, you know what, today was a good day. I achieved what I want to set out, but I could have done more. Okay, you work your head, you, you head into the right place. So I think that's probably one of the biggest points is just listen to your own, your own. Nice, nice. I love it. Love it. Well done, man. Mm. And have you found something to, to share or? No, okay. I, Brown always says, um, <laughs> buy my books. You'll love them. Uh, I think I, I was just, I, I was sitting here and, and listening, but also trying to think. 
I think uh, my my stance on all of it can be summed up by you know, the honesty sessions and all this stuff. Just keep asking yourself why and be okay. honest with the answer. But why yeah. am I doing this? Why did I put that on a to-do list? Thomas doesn't like it. He doesn't like it at all. But um, if we're talking about perfectionism, why? Why do I care that the house is vacuumed before someone comes over or why? I don't know. Like I said to you, man, I'm not going to sit here and pretend to have the answer on this one because I haven't been able to conquer it myself. And I think we do too much. That's right. That's right. I don't think that we can have anything better than uh, what Chris said and uh, Lou's done. So um, let's, uh, yeah, let's, let's close it. Uh, Lou, why don't you close today? Oh, uh, um, okay. 500 words or less. <laughs> Um, hey guys, you're gonna have to stop putting her down because uh, the the female audience is <laughs> just killing it for Louise. All right, they they actually giving us now uh, rave reviews on Louise, and they actually ask Cam to stop putting her down. Which I said I, I defended you, Cam. I defended you. I said he 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 wouldn't know how to put Louise down. So I <laughs> I, I told him it's not possible. So we ended up with a feminist movement, mate. A bunch of people got together, thought they had a good idea that made no sense, and now we're stuck. <laughs> so, oh, it's, it's good. good. It's good. I didn't ask you to close, man. Can you just shut up for a minute, man? The day, the day we're not allowed to call someone out for not talking any sense is the day I quit life, really. <laughs> that stops. And I, it's not just Louise. To all you female listeners out there, if you listen to all the podcasts, I call everyone out on their bullshit and everyone calls me out. So um, get over it and toughen up. Build a bridge. Get over it. All right, well, Lou. Well, I don't even know who my female fans are. So it's oh, not. You've got two out of, there, definitely. It's not some kind of army or anything that I've put together. If there's females out there. No, they, they're not. Good on them. Um, Oh God, how do I close it? Um, I guess the thing I, I guess the thing I was the thing that like you said, Thomas, I didn't I didn't I'm not acting now, I'm not putting on a show. I guess the the, the, the nuts and the bolts of it was is that I really thought about a particular person and how I seen perfectionism drive this particular person and how it can control your life to it, it a lot of people put up a shield because they think it protects them, but it actually stops them from being seen in life. And that's the shame about it is you can, you can protect yourself and think that you're protecting yourself, but you're actually putting yourself at such a disadvantage from being seen because this particular person is such a beautiful person who has so much to give, but he's so bogged down in having to portray this perfect and everything perfect because What's the world going to think of me because of my past? And that's the real shame. Oh, that's nice. Oh, wow. That's nice. Okay. Well, we're going to give about 15 seconds. I thought that we have a few minutes. We're going to give 15 seconds for people who don't want to hear swear words uh, on this podcast, because we are going to now give our listeners the privilege to see what we do usually after podcast. Oh, this so after podcast, this is when we actually come back here and debrief. we give each other a few minutes of a debrief on you what you said. People who don't like swear words, mate. People who don't like swear words need to turn off. 
that's what I asked. So, so they will leave. So we're giving them like 15 seconds for them to leave. So that the rest of the audience can, maybe there's only one person. I told my wife, you better keep it on. And anyway, so the rest of the audience is going to listen to how we debrief the session. All right. So here's a 15 seconds. They're starting now. Yeah. Well done, Lou. Go, go. Give it to Cam like you usually do. Go. No, 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 no. We have another six. We have another six. You can't, you can't do that. I mean, you have to wait. We're going to wait. So what are we going to wait till? That's yeah. it. No, not you can. Let's go. For fuck's sake, it's not bad enough that you're bringing up Renee Brown every week. This week you introduced tears. You're kidding, aren't you? Yeah, you're kidding. <laughs> Well, it's usually you crying this time, Fight fair or don't fight at all. <laughs> well, I, you can't you can't fake real emotion. I'm sorry. Yeah. On, a, on a serious note, on a serious. I reckon you can. Sorry, I reckon you can fake emotion. Sorry. On a I married an actress. I reckon she's done it to me a couple of times. On a serious note, as far as a serious debrief goes, I can't. I wasn't joking when I said at the start of the podcast that. Well, the minute I realised during the research that it was another Brene Brown topic, I was fairly deflated. We've got to come up with something else, man. There's, there's got to be other. Yeah, well, mate, you, you've got the opportunity to look at the topic and say yes and no. You, you, listen, yeah. you are too lazy. She, she, she gets a mention every week. She gets a mention like four, She plays averages, man. It's like prospecting. 50 calls, you're going to get one. She puts 50 topics, we give her one, man. Exactly. Two. If I, I haven't put the last 24 hours to read all the topics she's put up. This way, she fucking owned it. Right? Absolutely. Oh, well, I don't care about that. She fucking... No, 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 I don't know which computer you have because it was like every other people but Is Brene. This a real debrief we're doing, or just we're, we're still putting on a show? <laughs> no, all ten topics that got put <laughs> up were straight out of the book. I read all the lines. And oh, like, bullshit, Cam! No, but it's not an attack on you, Lou. It's not an attack on you, Lou. But what ca- what topics are you talking about then? Because if because we go, I'm sure. Topic, I'm sure. If we keep simple question, what was the alternative though? Yeah, exactly. What was the alternative? What was the alternative? Because since last yeah, Thursday, I put, couple, last... I put up a couple. Thomas put up a couple. Uh, Renee Brown put up forty-two. We yeah. had a big one. No, no, no. But but even Chris, even Chris. In all honesty, since last Thursday, I'm the only one that's put topics through. Because you put sixty-four of them. I didn't. I put five. I actually, I put six through. I put no, six, I think, which I, is six listen, more than you. Lou, Lou, this is where Lou, this is where I said at the start. I'm not attacking you, right? I think we all fucked up by not realising it was another Brene Brown thing because... But it's not another Brene Brown thing. It is another Brene Brown thing. What was last week? Was last week Brene Brown? Was the week before that Brene Brown? Listen to him because he he, he found out 20 minutes before... Oh, fuck off. Listen. I I still remember when you first started the uh, podcast with us. Nothing to do with Lou. And I see what you're doing now. You're really growing, woman. You're doing great stuff. I'm trying to. Nothing Absolutely. to do with you, Luke. Right. She's the only one that put bloody topics up, mate. I think, right. I, I don't know whether you see it. I don't know when your family actually see it, but the podcast is really now bringing the best out of you. It's, uh, and it's unfortunate. It's making uh, Cam look worse, by the way. For fuck's sake. <laughs> no, I'm not interested in having that kind of talk. <laughs> it doesn't interest Brene Brown. It doesn't interest me. You 
I want to be honest, it didn't interest me. Like, yeah, that's cool, That's cool, No, but here's where we, and it's Lou, it's not about you, right? It's about Brene Brown. Okay. So when it came out and we all did it, we all went, yeah, number one sounds good, number one sounds good, number one sounds good. So we're, we're, we're all to blame. But we need, I'm saying, if we don't get diversity, people are, no wonder there's only one person watching. Well, we need to be proactive putting those, the, the, the suggestions up. That's or we need to be calling the, the, like we said, we need to be calling the listeners to put their suggestions up. Have we grabbed any of those? Because I've seen some good suggestions previously from the listeners. Yeah, Although, yeah. Uh, Charlotte's done a lot of work posting it up to let us uh, see that. So maybe we pick one of those earlier from one of the past weeks or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the thing. Like, I'm, I'm open to discuss anything, really, but it was just my topics this week. So, I mean, and I didn't choose it. Chris, you vote for it. I thought it was a good topic. Yeah, I know, Cam. I know I'm that. Leaving. I know that. But if you want diversity, you've got to bring diversity. There was another one I preferred like, rather than that one. That's all right. Listen, thanks very much for the, the thing today. Uh, I thought that, uh, Lou, you done very well. I thought I all wanted to say, too, you have you have changed uh, big time. Uh, also, the other thing is Cam did not believe me. How many lunches does Cam owe us, Chris? Four. Three. See, two people said four. I said four. He says three. Is it four or three? Okay, here you go. See four. Yeah, you just cost me dinner. I've just heard my wife swear from the kitchen, so thank you very much. <laughs> you fucking idiots. <laughs> oh, God. Well, at least we'll... Of you saw twice. You saw twice. Yeah, now I've got a text. Now got, what's the text says? There's a lot of lunches being uh, being out, and I was just thinking maybe uh, for each at uh, each lunch we're going to invite one of our listeners, but they they they're gonna have to come up with a nice topic that we pick. If we pick that topic, they invited to to have that lunch with us, uh, guys. I'm gonna tell you now, it's gonna be a lot of good drinks, and it's gonna be a lot of good food. So may, maybe it's a good idea. Maybe yeah. We've got three listeners though, but we've got four lunches. That's the issue. What do you mean? That's not true. That's not true. <laughs> That's nice. Hello, guys. You're here. Today. Talk soon. See you guys. See you next week. Bye.